Here we go. West Hills Friends is a Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. You can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts, especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond and dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributors. And do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. My name is Julie, and I am bringing a prepared message for Evolution Sunday. I have a, an NB here, Nota Bene. The founders of Evolution Sunday have changed the name to Evolution Weekend to be more, more inclusive of all faith traditions. <laughs> I have a couple readings that are printed in the bulletin, but they're pretty short, and I didn't look up the page number in the Bibles, so maybe you'll just listen. Uh, the epistle, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. And from Genesis 3, 6, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and was desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. Does anyone here not know the context of that last verse? And, and it, you might, I won't embarrass anybody who doesn't, but all of you, that filled in, you filled in the context all around that verse, didn't you? Will you pray with me? Creator, we are here to seek truth today. At least in part, that's why we're here. In your creation, you also created truth, so we are seeking you and your works. In this little community, in our tradition, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm Julie. I am a Christian scientist. Uh, you now, with those words and with those earlier scripture verses, have experienced the hearing of words that can easily be misunderstood. And my hope is to explain them a bit while also explaining why I feel comfortable and have found peace with both the words Christian and scientist used to describe me. So I have a, a sentence here underlined and it says, what science and religion, and here I will speak of Quakers primarily, have in common, and I've written down four things. Are you taking notes? I am a teacher, so I'll be, <laughs> there may be a quiz on this at some point in the future. Uh, both have faith. Both science and our Quaker tradition, religion in general, trust in an ultimate reality. Sub point number one, scientists 
trust that their work is repeatable because they have faith that the world is based on natural, scientifically expressible laws. The laws create a space for theories that will explain those laws. Subpoint number two, Quakers trust that our world has meaning because the world was created by a God, or whatever word creates space for you to do this work, who is knowable by and available to everyone. Those are both faith statements. Point number two, both scientists and people of faith, especially Quakers, are seekers of a truth that can be tested. Subpoint number one. When a scientist publishes a theory, there are ways to judge the worthiness of that theory. And in fact, a good theory has two key descriptors of it. First thing, a good theory allows predictions about future events. Little side note here, the theory of evolution in my mind is not a good theory because there's no way you could have predicted how this world evolved if you didn't already see it evolving. The theory of evolution, macroevolution, that things change, is looking back on and saying, oh, look how it changed. But it cannot and has not, anyway. A little self-revelation there. Have some doubts. Okay, uh, sorry, it allows predictions about future events and it is testable. It must allow others to create an experiment to see if the predictions work. All right, that's for science. Uh, for two, for Quakers, George Fox, who is credited with being the founder of our Quaker tradition, famously told the story of his encounter with God when after all his wandering and all his seeking, then, oh, then he heard the voice that said to him, there is one, even Christ Jesus, who can speak to thy condition. And he concludes with the statement, and this I knew experimentally. Point number three. When new discoveries, new facts, new truths show up, scientists and Quakers will change their thinking to accept the new data. Point number four. Both scientists and Quakers fail at these things <laughs> because sometimes the prior truth has been so entrenched. I heard this put in a cute little story last week. Friend Otter runs down to the river and says to Friend Fish, Friend Fish, how's the water? And Friend Fish says, what's water? Example number one. Modern science, with this definition of a good theory, only goes back a few hundred years. I was told the story that the early Greeks, the ones who thought about the world and tried to find the natural laws, lived in a culture where actually doing the experiment that might have tested their theories was the work of slaves. You didn't go out and do things like that. You thought, pure thought and good reason would lead you into all truth. So Aristotle had a really bad theory of gravity for a long time until Galileo came along in a culture where you could do the experiment. Galileo came along in a church setting where the church had received truth. I guess it was Copernicus. I guess I'm changing scientists here. Sorry about that. He came up with a theory of how the planets move. 
that was in violation of received truth, apparently contradicted scripture. So he got in trouble. The church condemned the work. Those are old stories. More recently, <clears throat> I won't go into the stories of Quaker failures in the recent times because we're too aware of them right now. They're too close. <clears throat> so I'll do a safer one about David's research. Most of you know that David's uh, anti-malarial drug will be starting human trials sometime in the next few months, maybe in the next few weeks even. And what he's done that's new is he took two separate drugs, two separate molecules, and he made them one molecule with the idea that the thermodynamics of one will draw the other along with it, making it even more effective and also doing some other work to overcome resistance strains. David tried this out, tested it, it worked, it killed malaria, it killed the resistance strains of malaria. So seeking more funding, he wrote a paper with all the data showing it, sent it in to be reviewed. One of the reviewers said, after reading the whole proposal apparently, said, this is stupid. This researcher should know that it never works. You can't put two drugs together in one drug and make it work. It never works. He needs to take them apart and give it as a cocktail. Despite the fact all the graphs, all the data showed it works. It works better than the cocktail. It works. This person could not see past his entrenched ideas, his entrenched dogma. Making a single molecule of two as a medicine doesn't work. So obviously this paper's wrong. Modern day example. All right, so those are my four points. So what do the Bible verses ahead up there have to do with any of this? Do not love the world or anything in the world. If you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. The world is not creation. The very next verse says, For all that is the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life are not of the Father but are of the world. So the world is not the creation. It's perhaps more culture. It's the society we've created and the power structures and hierarchies. That's the world that is being talked about when we're told not to love that. In Genesis, it says, the woman saw that the fruit tree, the fruit of that tree was good for food. The lust of the flesh. It was pleasing to the eye. The lust of the eyes. And it was desirable for gaining wisdom the boastful pride of life. And she took some and she ate it. The fundamental error we people of faith can make is to love the creation more than the creator, to love the Bible more than the living and active word of God, and perhaps to trust way too much in our own knowledge of good and evil. <clears throat> 